0: morning, welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus and we're going to finish Proverbs 13 this morning um, Real quick prayer request, Mickey Gray is having his hip replacement surgery this morning He is, he is in there right now, so let's remember him in prayer today um, and it's amazing how they can do a surgery like that and then send them home the very afternoon after it's done So just pray for his safety and and Tammy as well as they travel. All right, let's say a word of prayer and get started. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Please teach us something new. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so just three verses to finish this. We've been in chapter 13 for a while. But again, again, Proverbs. The last few chapters that we've looked at have been what I call the fortune cookie chapters. Each little verse is like a little practical, spiritual, wise saying, um, something that can be applied to the lives of anyone, regardless of the time uh, that they are living in. So we got three more here that we're going to look at. And again, I've said this time and time again as well, all of these verses in some way, they point us back to the two greatest commandments. All of them hinge upon that they stand upon that foundation of loving god and loving others so we can see them in a practical way um, and we can also see them in more of a spiritual application as well because solomon is smart solomon's very wise he was a very wise man the bible made that clear everyone knew it in his day and time he had the reputation in other nations in other um, Countries and, and cultures He had the reputation of being a very wise king. He was a very wealthy king Too and so he knows what he's talking about. He really does and we need to listen to him So let's go ahead and look here at verse 23 verse 23 says the fallow ground of the poor would yield much food but it is swept away through injustice now fallow ground any farmers or anyone who knows anything about farming knows that fallow ground is when you give the ground the land a rest fallow ground is rested land it's had it hasn't had anything planted on it it's just been stripped clean it's been given time for it to recuperate to generate uh, more nutrition in the soil and um, to even rid itself of pests so it's kinda like the land takes a sabbatical and you give it a break Now fallow ground is a good thing to do because if you are able to give the land rest the next time you do plan on it it's going to yield a very healthy strong crop and for a couple years afterwards the point of this whole verse here is um the idea of greed the idea of selfishness of not putting um not being wise and thinking and planning ahead for one thing and which it would be prudent. You need to be prudent and plan ahead and think ahead. But also at the same time, don't be greedy, don't be selfish. Um, so the idea here is fallow ground of the poor would yield much food. If you were smart and wise and you would give the land a break. And the poor who work the land for you, because in that day and time you had people who probably had less than you that worked for you. And the reason they had less is sometimes some of these farmers were not very just and they were not kind to the people that worked for them and they cared more about making money themselves. So what they would do is they would never let the land rest. They would always constantly plan on it. They never give it a break and they wouldn't pay their workers enough. And, and that's what this says right here, but it is swept away through injustice, okay? In other words, someone is being greedy. Someone is being selfish. They're not being wise, they're not being prudent. They're just taxing and working the land as hard as they can to get as much money out of it as they possibly can. They're not giving it a, a rest or a break. And not only that, but the, the workers working the field are poor because whoever's doing that to the land that they own is not paying their workers enough. And if they were wise and they would think about it and think more about how it affects other people and affects the economy rather than how much money they can make, it would yield more food. If they would give time for it to rest, it would yield much more food than if they just continually tax the land. So the whole idea behind it is don't be greedy, don't be selfish, be wise put god first put others first respect god's creation okay respect other people so that's all kind of the teaching there's all kind of wrapped up in in this statement all right now verse 24 is based it's 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 comes to us um the actual scripture of it but there is a saying that is often um interpreted from this passage not exactly the proper way to view the passage But there's some truth in it. You've probably heard it said before, whoever spares the rod spoils the child, okay? That's the term that you've heard say. And I've had people say, well, that's not in the Bible, that's not in the Bible. And I'm I'm like, well, yeah, it, it isn't, but the teaching and the truth there is because it's based off of this verse right here, okay? Except this verse takes it a step further and really, really hits the idea home, okay? To say whoever spares the rod spoils the child is a very polite way to tell someone that they need to discipline their children. Proverbs, though, Solomon is a little more direct, and he goes right to the heart of the issue. Here's what Solomon says. Whoever spares the rod hates his son or his daughter. He hates his child. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him, okay. Now, obviously, this verse right up front, we can say Solomon agrees with physical um, pain as part of punishment or correction. Okay, literally says, "Don't spare the rod." Rod means that you whip the rear end with it. Okay, um, not abuse them, but a spanking can have an effect. An abrupt spanking, quickly to the point. Can have the effect of of bringing shock into the child so that they realize the severity of what they've done that's the point of spanking of that physical contact like that okay and it's important especially in younger children because just talking to them and reasoning with them doesn't work children are little sinners and they're going to do everything they can to reason and get out of something and argue and they'll be stubborn And the way that you can counter that stubborn and to work that out of them at a young age is to spank them, okay? There's a reason why God makes children a whole lot smaller and more vulnerable than their parents, okay? There's a reason why parents are bigger for a certain time frame in their child's life. This is just one of them, okay? We can talk all day in biology of why they're smaller. Yes, they have to be smaller, and then they grow, and they grow into adulthood, but part of it as far as um, parenting goes, is you bring a bigger and stronger physical presence that will invoke some fear into your child. Remember, what is the theme verse of Proverbs? Proverbs 1.7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We are supposed to, as parents, model god to our children through our relationship with them okay you understand that we are supposed to be a reflection of god in the relationship he wants with us we're supposed to be teaching our children that in their relationship with us especially as fathers being the authority figure in the home so father is bigger and stronger children should have a level of fear of you not run and hide from you okay not run and hide You know, he's abusive, he's going to harm me, he just wants to bring me low and hurt me and bring pain and suffering. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a respect. Children should respect their parents. And part of that respect is built through showing that you have a higher display of power in that relationship, okay? And you can bring punishment and you can bring hurt when the child disobeys, okay? And it's the same type of interaction and relationship that we're supposed to have with God as adults. God is much bigger and stronger than me, okay? I can't compete with him, all right? But I'm not terrified of him because I also know he's a loving God and he brings correction for my good. And children may not understand that at first, but they will learn that in time, especially, especially parents. Listen, you're gonna spank your kids? You spank them, you discipline them, you make it quick, and make it be over quickly. Help them understand why they got a spanking. And then you love them, and you hug on them, and you kiss on them, and you be gentle following that spanking. It should never just be spanking and then that's it. Okay, You spank, you let them sit and think about what they've done. You come back and talk to them about what they've done so that they understand why they were spanked. And then you hug them and you tell them how the whole reason you did it is you love them and you want them to grow up being a responsible, respectful adult and you kiss on them and you hug them and you snuggle with them and you be gentle and show them the compassion and the gentleness of your nature, okay? Otherwise, it will be a genuine fear. They will want to run and hide from you. But if you always follow up that discipline with a gentle touch, they will not, fear you in a sense of running and hide from you. They will fear you in a sense of they respect you. Okay? God does things that way. God brings the discipline quickly and abruptly, and then he always follows it up with tenderness. Okay? In our own relationship, spiritually speaking, we have to do that for for our kids as well. If you love your kids, you will give them enough attention to do the hard thing of spanking them. All right, verse 25. The righteous... Has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers won't. And I've talked about this so many times before, but righteousness is always associated with a relationship with God in Proverbs and all in the Bible, really, okay? And wicked is associated with rejecting God, all right? So a righteous person, a person who knows God and has a relationship with him, you are satisfied. You don't need to chase after anything else in this world. You will not ever feel empty. You will always be full and satisfied. All right? When God created human beings, He created them, spiritually speaking, here, with a a bottomless pit deep within their soul, within their heart. Okay? And it's endless. How do you fill a bottomless pit? Well, you can't, right? You can't fill. What are you talking about, Tom? You can't fill a bottomless pit. Yes, you can. There's only one way is you have something that is bottomless and endless itself, in it's giving, okay? And that is God. God is always giving. There is never an end to to knowing and the joy and the love and the relationship and the happiness and the peace that comes from him. He's not not like the, the material drugs of this world, where you take a hit and it makes you high and then it ends up going away. No, with God okay and this is just for metaphor purposes with God you you get high okay and you stay that way it never ends it never stops it never ceases okay that is why the command is to love God with all your heart soul mind and strength because he is the one thing in existence that always completely satisfies and never leaves you craving and wanting more all right when you have that the righteous person has enough to satisfy his appetite for all eternity. Whereas the wicked person who doesn't know God and rejects God and embraces the material things of the world, guess what? They're not eternal. They're not everlasting. They're not bottomless themselves. So that bottomless pit deep within their soul that gives them purpose and meaning and peace and satisfaction in life is always filling empty. It may feel full for a brief moment because they gained a bunch of money or they took this drug or they consumed this alcohol, but it always leaves them feeling empty again and they have to get more. They have to get more and they have to get more and they have have to get more. And it just leads them to dismay and destruction. So that's the whole idea of this verse here. Knowing God satisfies for the rest of your life. You don't need anything else. Rejecting God only leaves you craving, craving more and more and more never satisfied all right so a lot of good stuff here a lot of good stuff about raising children and and respecting god's creation and loving other people and a lot of good things here all right so i'm gonna stop we'll get started in proverbs 14 tomorrow have a wonderful and blessed day seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness okay because that's what's going to satisfy your appetite all right So do that, and uh, have a blessed day, and I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.